1: Hey, welcome back. Okay, a few different things I want to get to today in the second segment. Uh, I'll break a radio rule again. I'm going to play a clip. That's too long because it's like over seven minutes long. But it's a interview between Piers Morgan and a, uh outstanding British journalist named Douglas Murray. And they're getting into the conversation about Israel's response to Hamas and all the... Uh, uh, quote unquote, innocent people in Hamas and in in going back to Barack Obama's opinion that the harder you hit back, you're just creating more terrorists. And it's just it's a never ending cycle to which I would say to the former president. Uh, read the Bible, dude. <laughs> Such ignorance. It's really remarkable. So I'm going to do that in the second segment. It's so good. And it went viral on uh, Twitter, which we now are supposed to refer to as X. So I want to get to that. And then uh, really, uh, for most of you, you won't have ever heard of this person, Ayan Hersey Ali, who was born a Muslim in Somalia, uh, became an atheist, uh, has been a very outspoken, very intelligent atheist. Uh, and this article just came out, uh, Why I Am Now a Christian – And a lot to learn from that. So hopefully I'll get to that in the third segment. Uh, But in the first one, I want to go through a couple things here. By the way, did you see the incredibly nasty, violent, rude, uh, make-a-mess-of-things, deface uh, national monuments there in Washington, D.C. today for the March for Israel uh, gathering? Uh, They they think about 200,000 people. They just trashed the place, and uh, it was violent and crazy and... No, the exact opposite was the deal. Uh, you. This is from uh, going through my Twitter feed, things that I've shared on Twitter uh, just in the last 12 hours. You will not see hate, violence, or a call for genocide today at the March for Israel. Uh, what you will see is people's faces. We're not ashamed because our cause is just. You will see them cry. We're not. We're grieving. You will see them sing for peace. We still believe in true justice. You will see them thanking the authorities. We appreciate their hard work. You will see them recognizing the pain of innocent Palestinians. We believe in humanity. And you will see them standing in unity as we come together for peace. That's what you'll see today, which uh, was awesome. It's huge. Again, I, they think there was about 200,000 people there. The March for Israel. One of my board members' daughter was there, and a lot of other young people were there, and they didn't trash the place, and they respected authorities, and they don't want to kill uh, a whole group of other people. So, uh, there you go. There's a little bit of a difference there, is there not? So that was out there, and then another thing that, and, and I'm gonna I'm gonna try to be careful here. Uh, there's several videos that have gone uh, viral on Twitter, X whatever. And one of them is a little, uh, a black boy's wedding or not wedding uh, his birthday party. Okay. I'm watching it on my phone right now. Uh, it's fa- from five star news update, which was in Memphis five star news update kids party going viral. So you, it's, it's, uh, a, a, the, the birthday boy is a little black guy, uh, looks pretty cute. And he's like six. I would guess he's six, maybe seven. And they've got, uh, you know, a rap tune going in the background and the little kids playing with a uh, it looks like a real gun. I don't think it is, but it looks like a real gun. And then they have a bunch of cash laying around and playing the the rap music. And then his I I assume it's his little brother who's probably maybe maybe two. Keeps gra- They have two guns, one for the six-year-old and one for the two-year-old, and they keep grabbing those, and they're dancing, and the kid's waving some fake cash around, acting like, I suppose, a gangster rapper type, and all the dads are around, and they're all kind of dancing and having fun, and so that video's out there, so there's that one, and I put that one up on Facebook earlier today, juxtaposed next to one of a large group of probably at least 20 to 30 Uh, African-Americans at a, uh, like a gas station, mini-mart place in Memphis. And the store managers or whoever, the workers, just kind of watch, stand by and watch, overwhelmed by this gang of folks, again, 20 to 30, just come in there and and they're just stealing. It's just one of these big gang smash and grabs, right? And they're just in there stealing. Most of them had their face covered and and they're just they're just ransacking the place and and there's like nothing you can do and uh, did they call 911 uh where are the police there's all those types of questions but i think one leads to the other and and it's and it's it's heartbreaking nobody wants to talk about what's been going on in the african american community and in this culture and this rap culture and in a birthday party where the dads think it's funny that a six-year-old and a -a one-and-a-half or two-year-old at the most are handling these guns, uh, dancing to typical rap music, and there's fake cash all over the place. And do you not think that one leads to the other? This is, I mean, it's heartbreaking, and for me as a white guy, I'm not supposed to be allowed to talk about any of this stuff, says who I don't know. But but you see things like this, and I'm going to get to another story about Jillian Ludwig Ludwig, who was 18 in Nashville. She was a freshman at Belmont, uh, wanted to pursue a music career, uh, and was killed by an insane in this case, happened to be an African-American, but that story's not about being an African-American or black skin. That story's about insanity and about our lack of attention to the mental health crisis that's all over the country. And then also I would put in this bucket what happened to 17-year-old Jonathan Lewis Jr. in Las Vegas two weeks ago, who at school stepped in to help a friend who was being bullied. And then Lew- Jonathan was, was then assaulted, attacked, brutally attacked by somewhere between 12 and 15 uh, African-American students at the school in Vegas. And they and they just piled on and kept hitting and kicking. It's disturbingly violent. And a few days later, Jonathan died 17 years of age. And none of these kids have been prosecuted yet, by the way. They should all be brought up on charges as adults. They should all go to jail for the rest of their lives you br- and now now just think for a second just just to be rude and to put a little salt on the wound just imagine if it was if Jonathan Lewis Jr were black and he was beat to death by 12 to 15 white kids we'd be talking about this story for months there'd be violence there'd be burnings of buildings and businesses we'd be right back into the BLM thing but because it was black kids brutally beat a white kid who died? Nobody's talking about it. Did you even know about it? Not allowed to talk about that, right? Well, I'm going to keep talking about it. We'll be right back. Welcome back. Okay, let's keep uh, moving. I was just showing people on Facebook Live and Rumble the video of that little kids. Birthday party. I think he's five or six. His little brother might be might be one. They're both got uh, that, that look like replicas of guns and and fake cash, and and the dads are all in on it. They're all having fun. They're at, they're having a good time, and they're creating another culture of another crime wave in the future, which is why I brought up what happened at the Memphis store because I think all this stuff is linked together. Nobody wants to talk about it. The Julian the Jillian Ludwig story out of Belmont. Is not about the fact that the shooter uh, is an African-American. It's about the mental health crisis in this country. This is Clay Travis tweeted this. This is where I heard about it the first time. This is completely unacceptable. Everyone in the city of Nashville involved in this case should be removed from office. Jillian Ludwig is dead because they failed at their jobs. Nashville DA set Shaquille Taylor free after he shot a car full of children, saying he was incompetent. Okay, They said he he's mental illness, so he can't. So they just let them go. They didn't put them in a mental institution. Why we're not building mental institutions in this country as fast as we build car washes, I don't know. Because most of the people that are homeless have mental problems and need to be off the street, which is compassionate, and in a facility where they can at least get some help or they're not going to destroy their lives or other people's lives. But in this case, some of them are just uh, violent and should not be free to roam the streets. Like this guy, Shaquille Taylor. And this isn't about the fact that he's an African-American. This is about the fact that he's mentally ill. And then he was just arrested, again, for killing an 18-year-old woman while randomly shooting bullets at passing cars. The 18-year-old woman was Jillian Ludwig, a freshman at Belmont University in Nashville. pursuing a, She wanted to pursue a career in music. So there's that. And then there's this other one. A 17-year-old teen, Jonathan Lewis Jr., was beaten to death by a mob of black teens in a rancho high school in Vegas. The teen was attempting to help his younger friend after being bullied when he was then attacked by the whole gang. Jonathan was found bleeding from his head and taken to UMC where he was put on life support. He died this past week. Lewis Jr.'s dad said he was a great, caring young man and was planning to join the military at 18. No one has been arrested. Didn't hear about this story in the media, huh? That's because when you look at it, there might be one there might be one kid that's trying to break it up who looks Hispanic or Asian to me, but everybody else is an African American. And the kid they literally beat to death is a white kid trying to help his friend who was being bullied. I would I would tag this one back to the back to the birthday party. There's something horrific and we've seen it for years going on. In America, yes, in general. In this case, I'm talking about the African-American community, particularly lower income, which is part of the story. But but n- none of these kids have been charged. Here's my thought. Arrest them all because you've got all this video. There's no way you can't figure out who these people are. Arrest them all, charge them, charge them as adults. And because they took his life, they forfeit their own. I wouldn't kill them, but I would look at putting them in jail for the rest of their lives. What good does that do, Steve? Uh, well, then they start to pay a price. People start to pay a price that are going to act – inhumane and like inhuman and maybe some other kids start seeing wow that the law is really coming down on teens that are breaking into stores and doing all the other stuff we can go back to blm and all the lawlessness that happened there and what you get is more lawlessness until somebody steps in and gets serious but nobody's willing to do that because of social media and everybody's afraid cancel culture well it's it's unbelievable unbelievable the group of black teens stole something from one of Jonathan's smaller friends then threw the small boy in a trash can Jonathan confronted them about it and requested they give back the stolen item in response they all attacked him together with no chance to fight back as he lay on the ground unconscious and bloody they continued to pound his head and body another friend tried to help but was no match against 15 boys that's the boy that looked either Asian or Hispanic Las Vegas Metropolitan Police Officers responded to a battery call, <laughs> you think, at uh, Searles Avenue and 21st Street near Rancho High School on November 1st. found a student who was battered and bleeding from the head. He was taken to a nearby hospital. Nobody wants to, mainstream media is not going to talk about this. They don't want to go down this road. No, nobody's, almost nobody's got the guts to talk about this stuff. None of them. And by the way, I'd go find all these minors' parents, and I'd deal with them as well through the law, because you're a part of this. Are we 100% responsible for what our kids do? Absolutely not. But are you partially, if you if you had a birthday party for your six-year-old and his one-and-a-half-year-old or two-year-old brother and they both have fake guns holding cash, dancing to rap music, you don't think you're contributing to the delinquency of a minor? I don't know what the answer is here other than to pray for incredibly strong, incredibly godly black leadership to step up to the plate because they're the only ones that can do it. They're the only ones that can do it. But we should pray for that. As Christians, when we see this nightmare stuff going on, just pray, please, Lord, lift up some incredibly strong, godly black men and women to get in the face of other black men and women and, and teens and call them out. Do a Jonathan Edwards. Call them out with the word of God, with the power of the Holy Spirit. For their own sake, for these kids' sake, Lord Jesus, please, we ask that in your name, amen. I mean, that's just... Put it on my sleeve here for a second. Uh, I am not going to miss doing this just to be honest, which I normally am. I'm not going to miss swimming in this muck, I, but I'm, I can't turn away from it because I've got all these students that I teach and I have to teach them with truth and authenticity and the brutal reality of this world that we live in, the brutal truth. You have to. You live in the real world and the real world's really messed up. And, and I am not going to miss for one second uh, having to swim in this stuff pretty much seven days a week as I'm – what what am I going to talk about next? What's next? What's next on the show? And that's one I love having guests and because and it gets me out of that. I love that. Uh, but, but there's not a lot of Christian reaction out there to the news of the day, not that I'm aware of. Uh, so that's important, but it's not like I'm the only person on the planet that's capable of doing it. But I, I, I'm, I'm telling you, I'm just being really honest. There, there are there's plenty of days. It's increased over time as I've stewed in this stuff. But there's plenty of days I don't want to. I don't want to come in here. I'm like, oh Lord, please. I'm just. It's just depressing, right? It just is. Uh, but you have the hope of Christ. I have the hope of Christ, so I can rise above, and the Holy Spirit takes care of that, and I get through it, and try to uh, point people to the truth of God's Word as we engage the filth of this world. Which we all should be doing on our own, individually, in our own lives, our own sin that we all struggle with. I don't know about you, but I struggle with a lot of it. Uh, Just tough. Okay, in the next segment, there's an interview. Uh, This went viral on Twitter, now known as X. Get with the program, people. X. X. Okay, Elon. And uh, Piers Morgan with Douglas Murray and Piers Morgan's trying to pl- is dealing with this. Well, there's all this collateral damage, and there's some more brutal truth here because Hamas, like my ethics professor said two weeks ago, if Hamas were to lay down their arms and surrender, there would be peace. But if Israel laid down their arms to surrender, there would be a genocide. And and Douglas Murray is going to say that Hamas actually takes it to another level over. Nazis. You gotta hear this. We'll be right back.
0: <laughs> no kidding. Since I was a little boy with the toy gun.
1: And you are, friends, uh, whether you're a follower of Christ or not, you're in a spiritual war. And uh, there are spiritual elements to all of this, especially with the Israel-Hamas-Palestinian-Middle Eastern conflict. That's a, that's a spiritual uh, war that's been going on uh, since Abraham and Sarah and then Hagar and Ishmael and then Abraham and Sarah and Isaac and Ishmael uh, leads to the, the, uh, the, the Arabs and Islam and Ishmael Judaism. This is a 4,000-year uh, story. Okay. So there's a lot going on there, and you have to understand that, and you have to understand the evil side about it, okay? because it is. It's it's massively demonic. So Piers Morgan, who's really flipped a switch in the last couple of years, he's on Fox News now, and uh, very conservative in a lot of ways, but, but on this one, he's dealing with the— uh Hey, uh, you know, what about all the collateral damage and, and Israel maybe needs to pull back? And he's dealing with Douglas Murray, who's standing at the Israeli Gaza border, a British journalist, great, brilliant guy. And uh this one went viral on X Twitter. And so it's I'm going to play the whole thing. It's seven minutes, a little over seven minutes, which is bad radio. So they say, whatever, I don't care. Uh, It's a great interview, and it's important that you hear the critical thinking going on here and the honesty. We don't need to put on the kid gloves when you're talking about Islam. Islam is is a complicated subject. Uh, There are some Muslims worldwide who absolutely you don't want to be a neighbor with. They don't want you alive. They want to kill you. Uh, The vast majority of Muslims around the world are not like that. Praise the Lord. But enough of them are that they are a threat to humanity. And you got to start to understand that. So not all Muslims are terrorists, but just about all terrorists are Muslims. Okay. Hey, Steve, you sound like you're Islamophobic. No, I'm not. I'm just truthful, and I know the, the, the facts and the stats. That's it. It's just truthful. People say, hey, Steve, do you hate Islam? Yeah, I hate Islam. I don't hate Muslims, but I hate Islam because Islam is a false religion that's leading people to hell. That's why I hate it. But I don't hate Muslims because Muslims are human beings made in the image of God that Jesus died for, as much for them as he did for me. So this is what critical biblical worldview sounds like, critical thinking, biblical worldview, which is what I try to teach in Noble U, which getting out the air at the end of uh, December will allow me to pour myself into for as long as the Lord lets me. And it's more important, quite frankly. Okay, Piers Morgan and Douglas Murray. Ready? Let's go. This is great. Listen carefully. Concerns me about what Israel is doing.
2: It's not their efforts to get rid of Hamas. But because of the particular nature of Hamas embedding themselves among civilian populations with the massive amounts of civilian casualties that will inevitably come, and that figure will grow and grow and grow, are we not, as Barack Obama warned, are we not creating here uh, just an, an opportunity for far greater radicalization of all those young Palestinians who watched their loved ones get killed? Why would we imagine hmm. that at the end of all this, they're going to want to do anything other than to become a new version of Hamas in wanting to exact revenge well, for what happened to their families.
3: Well, two things. One is, that if you just follow the logic of what Barack Obama said, then you just shouldn't do anything. Uh, If you're Israel, you should be attacked and just sit back and say, great, we'll wait for the next one. Um, But the second and more important thing is your question supposes that there is a sort of peaceful Palestinian population in the Gaza who would love a two-state solution and then a few bad apples in Hamas. I think that's not true. Why is it that when uh, one of the victims of the music festival, uh, a poor young German Jewish girl, Uh, who it seems was was raped and then uh, brutally uh, murdered and taken into the Gaza naked. Why was it that you can find, and anyone can find this online, uh, a crowd of ordinary Gazans, it wasn't uh, Hamas, it wasn't a Hamas rally, ordinary Gazans uh, uh, spitting on her body hitting her body, mutilating her body further as it went down the street. Does that strike you, peers, as a, a placid population of peacenik types who are just desperately waiting for a two-state solution to be put back on the table for the millionth time in the last 70-something years? It doesn't seem like that to me. No, but there are over
2: 2 million people in Gaza, and there weren't 2 million people in that video clip. There were a few hundred. So
3: I I don't like to make... Yeah, a few hundred at random. A few hundred at random. And did you see anyone in it saying, hey, guys, stop, we're not meant to mutilate the bodies of uh, of girls or rape them in public? No, I didn't see that. But, But then what you're really articulating, correct me if I'm wrong here, but isn't
2: what you're articulating really an endorsement of collective punishment where you assume they're all guilty no. and if they don't stand up to Hamas they're also guilty well, and, and that's where people have a problem I think well, with the moral line
3: here which is no, if, you assuming, hold, if you assuming. hold all the
2: Gazans equally
3: responsible then is that not collective punishment which is illegal well, first of all first of all um, uh, there, aren't, there is some responsibility for the peoples in the Gaza um, if you elect, elect Hamas and uh And they kill uh Fatah, and then they remain in power for all of the years afterwards. Um, I'm afraid that there is some uh, responsibility of the people in that situation. You know, uh, w- when the Germans uh, um, had Adolf Hitler come to power and voted for him, uh, we in Britain took the view that the German people were responsible yeah. in some way. So I'm not for collective punishment per se, but nor am I for this idea that there is something unique going on in the Israeli Gaza context that we in Britain couldn't understand. Actually, there is one we unique in thing in our own history. There is, done there is very similar un- things,
2: but there is one unique thing, which is that the population of Gaza. Gaza is pretty unique in that nearly half of the population are children. That is a unique situation. The no, I'll tell you what's odd.
3: unique about the population of Gaza. It's the only population in the world where people routinely claim Israelis are committing genocide, but which has a population boom all of the time. I mean, th- that strikes me as okay, being quite an interesting thing about the Gaza. Um, but as for, as for the moral currency, I want to make a very very important point if I can say so on this which is you know uh, people quite often abuse history and they say things all the time I mean, about the only thing anyone from history knows is about the Nazis. Here's something I can tell you with absolute certainty uh, Piers, having not just seen some of the results of what Hamas did on the ground here in Israel a few weeks ago but having watched the videos of the unedited footage uh, which I was one of the journalists um, was sadly allowed to see the other day. I can tell you one thing Comparison between Hamas and the Nazis is insufficient. And I... Sorry, there's an incoming... uh, Incoming. See that?
1: Can you push that forward about 30 seconds? Just for the sake of time,
3: Josh? All day. He's hearing rockets.
1: Gaza or from
2: Israel? Which which way was that rocket coming from? Is it coming from Gaza or from Israel? He's
3: about to get going again, that's good. Yes. it seemed to be coming from Gaza, so... Okay, let it go. Yeah, it's fine. It's okay. It's been happening all day. Um, let me just point before we go I'm on, Douglas.
2: Atman, how does that make sure. you? How does that make you feel? What just happened there?
3: I mean, it's. Uh, I'm. I'm a little used to it. I was in Ukraine last year and was in Kherson and uh, uh, Odessa and uh, Mykolaiv, and uh, when the Russians were shelling it. So I'm a little used to it. Um, uh, but just if I can just finish this point, you know this. So there's a lot of banging going on. But anyway, we'll keep going. Um, well, if you the, need, to, if you need the the to stop, Douglas, struck, we understand. The, no, no, I don't worry. If we need to stop, I'll, I'll, I'll run to the shelter. I assure you. Um, the, the thing that struck struck me, you know, Piers, about seeing the seventh of October Listen. footage, was that um, uh, even the Nazis were actually ashamed of what they did. You know, SS battalions who spent their days shooting Jews in the back of the head and pushing them into uh, into trenches had to get very, very drunk in the evening to uh, uh, forget what they had done. Uh, The Nazi high command famously had to sort of get around the problem of soldier morale because the soldiers knew this wasn't exactly what their lives were meant to look like either. I tell you one very big difference. If you look at the footage, the raw footage, and I really hope people don't on a wider scale have to view what I viewed the other day. Mm -hmm. Um, If they see it, they will see something that is at least as barbaric as what the Nazis did. But here's the difference. They did it with glee. Mm -hmm. They were deeply proud. You see people um, uh, trying to, you know, taking the head off a young Israeli man with a shovel and then uh, calling their parents back in Gaza and telling them, father, father, I've killed two Jews with my, 10 Jews in my own hands. Get mother on the phone. I want to show, tell her how great a job her son has done. Party. You know, I, I come back to this thing. I'm not exaggerating this. It's very, very interesting, and people need to realize you had this situation with, uh, with the Nazis where they also were a genocidal anti-Semitic organization, but they tried to cover their crimes up. Hamas are actually proud of them. Mm. And they've said they will do them until the whole world is clear, clear of Jews. Yeah. So I suggest we take that seriously. And I think that Israel is taking it seriously. I hope they continue to take it seriously. But I think the world should take it seriously. And that includes Britain. And when I hear British journalists, British commentators, and British politicians lecturing the Israelis on what they should do, I think, I'm sorry... This shows a failing in our country. It shows that we in Britain cannot enforce our laws. We don't even enforce our borders in Britain. It's us that is the weak link in the international security chain on this, not Israel. Boom,
1: bing, bada bing, bada boom. Excellent, isn't it? Excellent. Absolutely incredible. He's, He's smart. He knows his stuff. He's quick on his feet, and he's not afraid of an intellectual fight. So he just gets into it and puts Piers Morgan in his place. And and there is a glee there, which uh, lets you know that this is 100% satanic. These people are making a decision. They've given themselves over. They're Romans 1 reprobate minds. But Satan's all over this, killing Jews because... That's God's chosen people. It's deeply satanic. Don't forget it. Israel has to do what Israel has to do. We need to pray for lack of collateral damage as much as possible. But this is evil. It's just the deal.
0: We'll be right. Hey, Hey, Everything's coming
1: up. Aces. Welcome back to Steve Noble, the Steve Noble Show. Dream, Everything's coming up aces. Why? Because. Dow Jones Industrial today, S&P is up 84, Dow Jones up 489, whammo, NASDAQ up 326, Uh, Russell was up, gold up 1650, silver up, wow, look at all those greens, all that green stuff, it is uh, coming up to the Christmas holidays, so we got a lot of green, a lot of green, everything's fine, so just ignore the last three segments of the troubling stories, and, and because the stock market's up today, obviously everything must be fine, so- uh, maybe we shouldn't even talk to David. I mean, why worry about it all, David, when the stock market's up for a day? We should be all happy. How you doing, my buddy? Welcome back.
0: I'm doing great. And yes, the, there's a lot of green. Uh, <laughs> the story that I have today is really going to set the tone, I think, what life is all about uh, out of the scripture. But uh, uh, I found a great article that relates to the scripture here. So, cool. But I'm yeah, excited like- to be on your program. It's great
1: to have you back. How, how I trust you you guys had a great vacation?
0: Uh it was different. It was not <laughs> classified in the great great uh, arena, but it uh, was a vacation. <laughs> interesting. You,
1: you weren't working. We'll call it that. You spent some days was, not
0: working. I had a if I had to do it over, I would I'd uh, rather worked side-by-side with my bride here at the company and got a lot of things done and helped a lot of people. Yes. Uh, but, you know, life doesn't work that way sometimes when you're oh, in another country. Right. You, just can't, you just can't stop what you're doing and say, let's get off this boat and, and retrace. <laughs> and, but, so we went with it, and we had a good time.
1: Uh, Good. I'm glad you're back, and and thanks for your time today as always. So with our updates, I love this because we always start uh, where we should all start, whether we're starting our day or finishing our day or any time during the day, which is in the scriptures. This one's beautiful, Psalm 23, uh, which we all should uh, know off the top of our heads, but uh, in particular, verse 6. So let's start there. I'm I'm excited to talk about this one.
0: So with full disclosure, I don't know if we're going to get to all the things the questions that i had in store the that's, topics but uh that's fine this is more important so there's so the scripture says in psalm 23 6 surely goodness sh- surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and i will dwell in the house of the lord forever so in the human experience we say we connotate non-spiritually, well, then that means life is going to be all good. There's no problems. There's no challenges. There's no things that are curveballs that are thrown at us. Because that's what the world says. If I don't have any of those, then surely goodness and love right. will follow me. But God has a, a higher source of his calling, and I'll relate it to this gentleman who is in United Kingdom. He and his wife have a daughter named Indy. Uh, last name is Gregory. And I found this on Fox News, by the way. Uh, she was born February this year, she, so she's about eight months old. She was, suffers from degenerative mitochondrial disease and is terminal. She's been on life support in the United Kingdom. And the court system has been fighting this family to take their child off life support. This is not a religious family. The article makes that very clear. But a group of Christian legal volunteers got involved. And they advocated on behalf of this family and their child. It wasn't enough. The senior UK judges refused the appealing. And they even got the Christian ministry, even got the Italian government and the Vatican. They got that far. And the Vatican and the Italian government said, we will pay for her transportation on life support pay for all her medical bills because we believe she has a right to life Mm -hmm. on november 8th the infant was removed from life support because their appeals in in, in court was denied the dad said a lot of things the thing that he said the most i'm going to quote now i am not religious i am not baptized but when I was in court, it felt like I was dragged to hell. I thought if hell exists, then heaven also must exist. Days before, I'm stopping the quote, and I'll go back to his quote in a second. Days before she passed away, they took her out of life support. They allowed, the doctors allowed the baby to be baptized. Mm. And that meant a lot to these parents, even though they were not religious people. The dad said this after the fact, quote, I have seen what hell is like in the court, and I want Indy to go to heaven. In fact, now I've made that decision for me and my other daughter, we're also going to get baptized too, end quote. Now, I just have to throw out the side note disclaimer, baptism is not salvation, at least by most biblical things that I believe. The Bible says, believe and be baptized and you'll be saved, not baptize and believe. Baptism is a result of sanctification process that we're born into into salvation by his grace and his mercy and his shared shed blood. I don't need to go along those lines, but you know what I'm talking about. But the point I'm trying to say is, is this man was not having a good day by any means. Mm -hmm. Yet the goodness of God and his love followed this man and his daughter and his wife and his daughter of nine months, all the days of her life. And it caused him to him and his family to dwell in the house of the Lord. Sorry, getting a little emotional because it is so powerful how yes. God can intervene in a very traumatic situation. Yes.
1: yes. And, and that little girl for all of us in Christ, uh, will meet her one day.
0: Yeah. And, absolutely. and I, and I
1: hope her family uh, comes to a full understanding of the gospel and the full knowledge of the gospel but the fact that he goes from nothing to something recognizing hell thinking properly if there's a hell there's a heaven <clears throat> any he experienced hell in that courtroom and then to see because he longs to see his daughter again and 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 that's such a beautiful application of this psalm and, 23 6 surely your goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life and I would dwell in the house of the Lord forever uh, his goodness and love follows he followed you into a hospital bed David he, he follows yes, you did. into a hospital bed <laughs> he follows you into the cardiologist he follows you into the ambulance he follows you into all these things and your wife by your side and your family and everybody's concerned and I was concerned and, we're pre- and he follows you his
0: goodness and, he, and his love follows. <laughs> yes he Wherever follows you go me when I'm when I flatline on the table. Right. You he flatline. Follows me. <laughs> yeah. and, and here we are praising
1: him uh because of it and his in even when everything's falling apart and we've had I will say I'll I'll say with Gina, my bride, I'll say, Man, it's been a really tough year and she'll say, What are you kidding me? It's been a really difficult ten years. And in many ways that's <laughs> true. But yeah. God's goodness and love has now I'm gonna get emotional, has followed us through all of it. It's followed us through all of it, and and then eventually, he over he overtakes us as he did at the cross, and he ushers us into heaven where that little girl is today. I believe, based on scripture, and and you can't escape that as a Christian. You can't.
0: No. Where,
1: where do I go that I can be separated? From you? I go to the highest heavens. I go to the depths of Sheol, and there you are. You cannot be separated from the Lord if you're in Him through Christ. And so his goodness and love will always follow you even when the world is giving you the exact opposite. It's just such a powerful thought.
0: It's, it's just so reflected that God, you know, and she says in Jeremiah 20 and 11 that I have plans for you, for right? welfare, a right. future, and a hope. And we might not be able to see that. We might not be able to believe that. We might not feel it even. We might have just the opposite. But God says, this is what I have for you. This is who I declare I am. Thus says the Lord in your life. And those. This is the importance. This is the walk of the Christian walk. That no matter what happens, He's always there.
1: Always there. And that's like. And, and we won't have time to talk about any of this stuff. No, we will next Monday. But, <laughs> but this is far more important. So, so oh, absolutely. So, so your so your uh, investments are in the tank. You don't or or you. Investments? You're like, I don't even have investments. I don't have hardly any money, and barely, I'm barely paying the bills. Uh huh. Yeah, I, I got it. Been there, done that. And surely, God's goodness and love will follow you all the days of your life, regardless of the size of your bank account, or how healthy your heart is, or what's going on with your kids, or what's going on with your business, or what's going on with your marriage. He's still there. He's still with you. And, and I try to remind myself and others all the time the hope of heaven that we have, David. I'm like, listen, one day this won't even be a blip on the radar screen. You have eternity, eternal bliss. Heaven comes to earth. We have the new heavens, the new earth. We have the city of God, which is about 1,200 miles a cube. It's 1,200 miles across. It's 1,200 miles deep. It's 1,200 miles high, which extends outside to the earth's atmosphere. It's mind-boggling. And all of that through Christ is all, it's all out there. And, and, and you know, Jesus talked about, I go there to prepare a place for you. I'm like, if Jesus is working on something for 2000 years, can you imagine how good it is?
0: Yeah. So <laughs> it's he he, to me. he prepared a place for Indy. Mm, he prepared yes. a place for Indy's father, Dean yes, yes. and Indy's sister and Indy's mother. And he's so detailed in that preparing a place that he knows exactly what the furniture and all the things or what it will look like, whatever that may be, there might not be furniture i don 't know i don 't know it will be perfect, perfect. for each individual, and that 's who our God is and he 's working on that right now, and all we have to do if you 've never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and savior it doesn 't fix everything but it 's a wonderful, joyful blessing of an experience to live with god here on earth that's right
1: yeah because your eternity has already started the question is where will you spend it and with whom and that's why jesus got on that cross because somebody had to deal with your sin debt either you do it yourself which you'll pay that debt forever or you take him up on his offer of grace and through faith and you go lord I'm going to put all my eggs in your basket. I'm putting all my faith in what you did on the cross. And when you do that, that's what David's talking about. You are born again. You become a child of God and you're with him and with David and with me and with that family uh, forever and ever and ever in heaven. But you have to put your faith in Jesus, not the denomination, not the church, certainly not your own works. It all has to be Christ. David, I love you, my brother.
0: Love you, my brother. Thanks for having me. This is such a great time together.
1: (laughs) Amen. We'll talk again soon. This is Steve Noble on The Steve Noble Show. God willing, I'll talk to you guys again. And like my dad always said,
0: ever forward.